Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Uh, we are in our we are in the sixth week uh, of our series in Malachi, um, which is exciting. Um, if you've never studied the book of Malachi, hopefully it's been a little bit uh, enlightening to you. If not, uh, maybe this is your first week. It, it follows a similar pattern uh, over and over and over again. And so this is kind of the sixth week of that pattern. Uh, and then next week uh, is kind of the, the final words in our Old Testament, and it kind of point to Jesus coming, um, and it's uh, really exciting. And so uh, today is, is, is similar to what the previous five weeks have been, which is this invitation of God, uh, first off, calling something out uh, uh, to them, saying, hey, I want, this, I want you to stop doing this. Uh, and then secondly, it's an invitation to return to them. And uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, I uh, need a little time, uh, maybe a little more time than others to stop doing things, uh, because I kind of live my life that I'm convinced of things. And so as a child, when I was growing up, uh, it would take me a little bit of time to heed uh, my advice from my parents uh, or from wise counsel or from teachers, uh, even the scripture sometimes, because I thought that I was right. And um, I am now seeing that full circle uh, with my lovely child, uh, who I get to raise, uh, who really thinks that she is right often, uh, if not all the time. Uh, and she gets it honestly, I'm not gonna lie, from me. Um, and uh, it's pretty amazing. And so what's happening in Malachi is the people of Israel, they're back. Uh, so I, I, t- I say this almost every time, but story of Israel, you know, they're, God calls Abraham, they, uh, they grow up a little bit, there's a drought, they move into Egypt. Egypt, they get enslaved in slavery, they get set free with Moses, they go into the promised land with Joshua, they eventually establish a kingdom with Saul and David, and then they continue to disobey God, God sends them into exile, and then this is where we're at towards the end of the Old Testament, about four, uh, maybe four to 600 years prior to Jesus, and this is a group of people who were in exile, or their ancestors were, and they've come back to rebuild the temple, and they've come back to restart, hit the reset button on being in the land, and yet they are being disobedient to God. They're uh, marrying, but we can get into that a little bit later too, but, um, and so, and God is just reminding them, calling them back to uh, what, like to, to be the people that he's called them to. And um, I think it's, I think it's fascinating uh, because I do think that God patiently calls us back multiple times. That's a good thing. Like, I don't know about your own story in your own life. I don't know um, where you're at today or, or how many times that maybe you've seen different cycles where uh, you've reconnected with the Lord and then you get to a point where you've kind of walking away from him again. And you, you, you maybe hear that tug in your heart or in your soul, or maybe it's in your mind, but, uh, or maybe a friend just saying, hey, come back to uh, come back to him, come back to God. This is what God does with us over and over again. And I think it's a way that he, he shows his mercy to us. I think it's a way that he is gracious to us. 
uh, because we uh, often as human beings do uh, go astray and he continues to, to call us back and, and he's doing this with his people. And so uh, if you've gone six weeks through the series and, and you there's something in your life where God has, has been stirring in you to return back to him, I would encourage you, it's not too late. You can still come back to him, um, and, and uh, if you're faithfully following him, then uh, keep going and uh, don't go astray. But let me pray for us uh, as we jump into Malachi chapter three, verse six today. So, Lord Jesus, pray that you would uh, speak through me, uh, use the words of my mouth, God, just to honor you and glorify you and uh, challenge you, uh, challenge us today, God. Uh, we love you, and may we connect with you today, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 uh, starts like this. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? That first sentence, I love that. He says, hey, I, the Lord, do not change. This is good, this is good advice for you, that God doesn't change, that he is the unchanging one. He is the consistent one. The sun rises each day, and so true, too, is that the Lord will fulfill his promises, that the Lord is unchanging, that he is not wishy-washy, that his character stays the same. Uh, you can write down uh, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, will we'll not be on the screen, but it's a description where God describes his, his character, what he is like to Moses on the mountain, and this is what God is like. He is unchanging. He talks about how he's slow to anger, how he is, uh, that, that, that he has this loyal love for us. Is that. And so because God is unchanging, uh, you notice, you can bring that verse back up, that, that these people are, that the people are not destroyed. Uh, that he has not destroyed them for the sin that they have committed against God and other people. And they have turned their back away from God and his decrees and his laws and what he's commanded them to do. Yet God remains faithful uh, and loyal to his promises. Now, again, I told you kind of the, the very quick, brief story of the people of Israel being called by Abraham, but the reason that God is faithful to the people of Israel is because he promised all the way back to their ancestors that he was going to be their God and that they were going to be their people all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, which we talked about maybe about eight months ago. But if you forget, God calls Abraham uh, and he tells him in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, you can write that down. His voice says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And what I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that, that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the promise. And they have, they have, they have stopped uh, doing the right thing on their part. But God says, hey, I have kept my promises to you. He goes on in Genesis chapter 17. Again, will not be on the screen. You can write it down later. This is another telling of the covenant of Abraham. 
God says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring. This is the offspring of Malachi. And after, uh, after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. That means forever, everybody. That's great. Uh, to be God to you and to your offspring. And I will give you uh, to your offspring after, excuse me, I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojourning, all the land of Canaan for everlasting possession. I will be their God. The translation I remember growing up is, I will be your God and you will be my people. And so God is saying, if we can bring that verse back up, just leave it up for me for a minute. If you don't mind. So God said, hey, I, I, the Lord, I have not changed. I, I have stayed the same. I made this promise to your family. I made this promise to be your God, to bless you. And, and, but your descendants, not just you, but your, your parents and your parents' parents and, and, and so on and so forth, you have not kept the commandments that I've given you. You have not followed me. Because God wants to bless them. God says, I want to be your, your people. God wants to bless his people. He wants to. Like he, he wants to carry out this promise. He wants to bless this, his, his people here. And sometimes I struggle with this. Um, I, and I, I, I do know this, this, there's this like tension in the New Testament where you, there's, this, there's this understanding, this theology of suffering and, and the fact that we're to follow Jesus. And Jesus' life ended in his, his death, giving up his life for others. And that's the way that we're called to live, broken and given for the world around us. But at the same time, like uh, I also believe that as God's people, that God wants to bless us based on his promises all the way back to Abraham. And, and the fact that, that as the church that we've been grafted into those promises, that God wants to bless you if you're a follower of Jesus. And, uh, and, and then instantly, if I say, hey, God wants to bless you. I feel like I have to make a caveat that I'm not some um, uh, name it and claim it uh, preacher who's trying to get you to say, hey, God wants to bless you. You just name that Lamborghini and he will give you that Lamborghini. And, and you know, I, don't, I, I feel like I have to say that. But in the same sense, it almost makes me afraid of actually saying, like, God genuinely wants to bless you. Because he does. He wants to bless his people. And, and again, we think money and cars... Uh, in my notes, it says stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks, which uh, I don't even know what that means. I just heard it in a song one time. Uh, but, like, that's what we think. That's, that's what we think. Like, when I think about blessing, I think about monetary. I think about bigger houses. I think about bigger, nicer cars. I think about comfort, peace, whatever else it is. And, and I think we're also misunderstanding that, that he actually is the blessing. And living his way is the blessing. And that God himself is the greatest blessing. And walking with him is the greatest blessing. But God wants to bless us. And, and so today, you know, maybe if there's anything that like just actually hearing it, that God wants to bless you, that God is one is is for you, that God is on your side, that He wants to bless you. And yeah, it might not look like, you know, you might not have that Lambo or you might not have that boat. That's okay. Like uh, like that's not the blessing necessarily that we're talking about. But the reason that they, they are not receiving the blessing uh, in, uh, in Malachi is because, what, they're not keeping his laws and his decrees. And, uh, and I was thinking about a formula for this, uh, and so I was going to show you this. This is kind of how the breakdown works. If you go to the next slide, I think it's the next slide, if I put these together correctly. Yeah, so essentially, I, I don't know, I like to do math. Josh helped me with these two, so we can blame, we can Kobe the blame of something wrong with this. Thanks, Josh. You're the best. 
So, but essentially, the way that I, I read this is God plus obedience equals blessing land, and that other other nations are blessed. Which we'll get to the other nations blessed in 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 the text in a minute. And so God God has promised to be their God, there to be His people, and He wants them to be a blessing, that they will be blessed, and, and all the nations will be blessed through them based on that Abrahamic covenant. But what's happening is generation after generation after generation after generation has been disobedient. And so this is actually what happens is that God plus disobedience to God has led to curse, uh, a cursed land and other nations missing out uh, because of their lack of obedience. Um, and and it's not like, well, God, you're just being mean. It's like, no, like you're making God a fool. You're actually worshiping other gods and instead of the one true God who promised to do these things for you. And you're, 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 you're dishonoring his name, as it talked about earlier. And God, is, God wants his name to be made known throughout uh, the world. Uh, that's why it's in our, 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 our vision statement that we want to be a community that makes Jesus known. It's the same reason, is that God, we want Jesus' name to be made known in this world. We want Jesus' name to be made famous in this world. And uh, by the way that they're living, disobedient to his way and his rule in their life, that's not, that, that's not a blessing to other people. And it's led to curse, sin, destruction in the world, evil in their world. And so God saying, hey, like, I, I want to do the first one. I go back to the first one. I want you to be obedient to me. And I want you to be like all in in this covenant that I provided for you. And when you do that, I'm going to bless you. And then I'm going to do some stuff in the land and make sure it grows good things. And other nations will even call you blessed because of all this as well. And uh, there was a way that God has set the world um, and that they weren't following it. But yet God, he's unchanging. He's kept his covenant. He's kept his promise. He's still loyal to them. Uh, not, not to say he's not disciplining them. Uh, again, uh, many of us are parents or soon to be parents or just started being parents. Uh, your love, loyalty, and affection for your kids doesn't change depending on their disobedience or obedience. Uh, and sometimes, like, but you're also not going to dish out the blessings when your kids are in a bad spot. <laughs> like, that's not beneficial to them or to you or to anyone around you or in any of them. Uh, we're not going to reward bad behavior. <laughs> and so God is a good father who loves his kids, who's there for them. He's there for us. But he's not going to pat you on the back when you're just running the opposite direction. He's going to, in some ways, um, and in my own life, I will, he, he'll let you hit some of the lowest places. And then when you return to him, he's right there waiting for you. Like the prodigal, the father who is looking and waiting for a son or daughter to come home, ready to receive you. And even along the way, he's whispering to you, return to me. And this is what he says to them. He says, return to me. Go back to that for the first verse. He says, Re return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But, and then it gets into what we'll talk about a little bit more in a second. He says, return to me. I will return to you. I am ready. He says, come home. He says, return to me. Return to God. Return to him. He wants to bless you. He wants you to return to him. He's not finished with you yet. He's just getting started with the work or he's continuing the work in your life. Like, you know, um, talks about that, that, that he who began a good work in you will complete it on the day of Christ Jesus. He'll continue to complete that in you. He's still working inside you. He wants you to return to his way. 
And what you need to do is you need to leave behind something as well. You need to leave behind something so that you can come back to him and to his way as well. We used to do um, uh, uh, 360 reviews when I worked at our city church, Grace. And I, th- I think I've shared this before, but they had these three questions every year, which I really liked. Um, I think it's the next slide. Uh, it's, uh, what do you want to keep doing, start doing, and stop doing? Which I really liked because I thought it was a beneficial way to go, oh, I can actually stop doing this, this task that doesn't matter, or I, can, I, I, or I need to start doing this because it'll, it'll help us better. And I, I, think, I think our relationships with Jesus are a little bit more fluid than that uh, nowadays. Uh, because like sometimes you're like, I, I feel like this, maybe they're more compartmentalized, but I'm a man, and so my life is like a waffle, and so we get it. Everything's a compartment. Uh, if, you've, if you know about the book about the waffles and spaghetti kind of concept between men and women, right? I compartmentalize everything, and so, you know, seven, seven eighths of my life are, are doing great. That one eighth, you're like, man, I really need to return back to God in that one. And so this question really helps me. Um, and along the way is what do I need to keep doing? There's things in your life right now that you are walking with Jesus. You're, you're living obedient to God in, and that is good, and you should keep doing as well. What, what should you start doing? There are, there are practices in your life. There's things in your life that you need to start doing that you're just not doing yet, that God has put on your heart that you need to start doing yet because it's going to lead you into more of obedience to Jesus. You need to start doing this because it'll lead, it's going to make you into the man or woman that God is calling you to be. Today, you need to start doing something. It could be, maybe maybe you just don't spend time with the Lord. Like maybe you're like, I'm just too busy. I've never carved out. I've never, I've never known how just to have a, we, historically, we call it quiet time, which it's weird because I listen to music during my quiet time. So that's kind of opposite of quiet time. But maybe, maybe uh, if you need help uh, learning, like not knowing even where to start, reading your Bible or something like that. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe uh, you're really into John Mark Comer right now, which if you're not, you should consider that because he's awesome. And you really like want to learn how to practice uh, the art of solitude. Like you've never like just learned, like simplified your life enough to spend five or ten minutes just with God, just in, in the silence, in the stillness, waiting with, with the Lord. And then maybe... Maybe it's you need to stop doing something, and this is this is a really clear one. Like so, if it's if it's sinful, just stop doing it and return back to God. That's a pretty clear one. Uh, but maybe there's things in your life that you're doing. They're not. That's eh, like a gray area, or it's like you just got too much of a good thing and it's become a bad thing. And maybe you know, God today is going to tell you to stop doing it. And he's going to say, "Return to me. Come back to me. I have greater things for you. I want to bless you." I want to be with you as well. And I, I think this is a great invitation to us. That God is inviting us to return back to him. And he'll keep inviting you to return back to him. Because this is the God that we serve. That he loves you enough to call you back to himself. And he's waiting to bless you. Because that's what he does. That's what a good dad does. And so specifically in this scenario, we've seen six different, uh, there we, there's six things in Malachi that he calls him back to. So we've seen they questioned his love for him. They dishonored his name uh, by offering blind and lame sacrifices. Uh, the priests caused others to stumble. They were marrying foreign women, divorcing their wives. They were, and, and everyone, uh, and then they were celebrating the fact that people doing evil uh, in the sight of the Lord. They're saying, hey, it's good that people do evil. That's all bad. We shouldn't do that. So the last one today, they asked him, how, how do they return to God? And God tells them, you need to stop robbing God. So verse 8 says this. He says, we will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes 
and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. And so the people are robbing God, which... Like, how do they do that? Is it like a big bank heist? Is this like the Italian job of, in, in the book of Malachi? What's going on here? And uh, God says, no, you're robbing me of my tithes and, and offerings. And, uh, you know, money in church can be an awkward thing for people. I, I'll admit that for just the room. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, that you got up here and you felt a weird conversation about sermon, or maybe you've been a part of a church that has, like, uh, misspent funds and like you have some trust issues with that too um, but uh, for them in this scenario they are robbing God of their tithes and their offerings now in, in the law this is kind of how tithes are broken up uh, tithe means 10 that's what it is it's 10% so if people tell you like a tithe is less than 10% then that's just not it, as a very liberal person it just means 10 so that's what it is um, not trying to it's 10% of everything 10% of uh, livestock uh, 10% of uh, the grain, it could be whatever their kind of trade was, it would be 10% of that money as well. Uh, and they had kind of three different tithes that they, they would give to. So there was the tithe of the feast, that was, it was money for uh, the ceremonial feast that they had throughout the year. Uh, they had the third year tithe, which was, uh, this brings an additional 10% on top of the original uh, 10% for the socially disadvantaged every three years. So this would be people that are down in the lot, people that might have some medical stuff, people that just needed, maybe they had a bad crop that year and they just needed some help. And so they, they tithe. And then there's the, the, the Levitical tithe that was for the tribe of Levi so, uh, to support those uh, to keep the worship going in the temple. And so God called, there's 12 tribes in Israel. He called one tribe to do the worship and to run the temple. That's the, the priestly tribe, the Levites. Uh, and the rest of the people would tithe to them as well. And so if there is no Levitical tithe, this is why it's a curse to the whole, the, whole, the whole nation, by the way. If there is no Levitical tithe, the Levites have to go and work the fields, have to go and take care of their animals, have to go and, and do all of these other things to support themselves and their, fam their families. And so worship was ceasing or not happening as often or not happening at all uh, in the temples because of that. And so this generosity of the nation allowed to keep the temple going so that all the temple could worship. Uh, and this wasn't happening anymore. And then second thing was offerings, which is just a free will gift uh, saying, hey, I love God. I also, they were, uh, I think this goes back to chapter one as well, talking about how they were offering uh, lame sacrifices, animals that weren't their best to God as well. And so their worship was, was, was not happening or wasn't happening to the, the greatest extent that it could be. And so for us today, um, if you think about this, if you're asking this question, like, so how does a tithe apply to us today? A uh, couple things. Number one, we aren't under the law anymore. Uh, I do think 10% is a good number, uh, a benchmark in our giving. But honestly, hopefully we surpass that. Like in our lifetime, hopefully we grow incrementally and become more and more generous in our time and in our money uh, that we give. Uh, I think followers of Jesus should be the most generous people in the world. I think we should because, because we have received the grace and mercy and love and our eyes have been open to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world, and that he has been gracious to us, that we can be generous to other people. And so... You know, this might not be the place where you need to return to God. Maybe it is. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I do know that at Mission City, I feel like we're very blessed that 
the majority of our community really does give, and it's amazing. And I'm so thankful. Uh, I'm so thankful that God has stirred you to do that because we don't really talk about it um, a ton. Uh, but at the same time, uh, for you, maybe the question is, how can I grow my generosity? Uh, and to connect it to this passage, uh, but or at the same time, or maybe you ha- maybe you're not generous, and maybe. God is saying, hey, today's the day that I want you to return to me. I want you, I want you to return to me my finances because it's all his in general and, uh, and we can lean and trust him uh, to take care of us as well. And so um, God challenges them. He continues on, um, verse 10. He says this, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Not just a percentage, not just 2%, not just 1%, all 10% into the storehouses. So there may be food in my house. Test me in this. I love this. He says, test me in this, says Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines uh, in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe. And I love this because he's saying, hey, return to me. Stop robbing me of my tithes and offerings. Fill the storehouses. And guess what? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Return to me. Don't rob me. Bring the whole tithe into my storehouses and see what happens. See if I will open up my blessing. I'm going to prevent pests from destroying your crops. You're going to have the best crop you've ever had. And other nations, and we'll, we'll read this in a second, other nations will call you blessed because of this. That they'll see the fruit of the land. They'll see the fruit of how God has blessed your land. And they'll say, wow, that's an amazing thing. Other people will hear, and you can testify to how good God is as well. This this promise is yours. He's just waiting for them to return. And so not only are they robbing themselves, because they're robbing themselves of worship and connection to God, because he truly is the the, the best thing, is that the that they're robbing other nations, that other nations will see what God has done, the blessing that God has poured out through, 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 through the land and through, throughout these people. And this is the mission of God being played out as well, that, that verse 12 says, then all the nations, he says, verse 12, he says, then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. He says, let's get back to business. Let's get back to you being the people that I've called you because I am your God. I'm the one that's going to be here. Return to me. This was the plan. This is, and this is where we deviated from it. This is what's missing. And this is what other people miss out because you have deviated from this plan. Return to me and test me. Like test me and trust me. And, you know, um, maybe, maybe it is your finances. I don't know. Like that could be the thing that you need to test God in. I've heard stories after stories of people who have been afraid to be generous or praised, afraid to give. And, um, and then you hear stories about how God has provided uh, in the midst of their generosity. And again, I'm, I'm not going to do a whole name it and claim it thing for you. You know, you give this and God's going to bless you a thousandfold in this lifetime. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But I do know that, that there is a blessing and, and there's an act of worship when we give financially as well. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's trusting God in a different way. You know, maybe it's your job. Maybe it's that you don't trust them with your job and God's calling you to take a risk or to do something else. And he said, hey, test me, trust me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide you. I'm ready to bless you. And it might not, again, it might not look like cars and money and whatever else it is, but you'll have him. Like, he is the thing that matters. Like, he, you're going to be in his presence. 
and it's going to allow you to, to worship Him in a way. And so um, the invitation today is just, is there a place in your life today where you need to return to God? Is there a place in your life today where you need to come back to His way and His will in your life? You know, maybe, again, it's something that you're sinful. Maybe it's uh, that you worry and God's saying, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I was thinking this week, we had a, um, we had a bit of a medical emergency this week uh, in our family. And um, I was thinking, uh, I, I don't handle anything perfectly. It should be a shocker to you, but if it is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't handle most things perfectly. <laughs> but um, I was thinking today of, of uh, on the drive over, what, it, what would it look like uh, like, what, what's the difference between someone who has faith in Jesus and really trusts God versus just the, the average person? And how would they believe God in this scenario? That he's going to take care of you and that you're going to be okay? And um, versus freaking out. Because I just want to freak out, you know? Which, you know, we I, people like to freak out. We all like to freak out about different things. People don't want to freak Well, maybe some dramatic people want to freak out, I think. But sometimes we just freak out, right? And um, and I just there was a part of my soul this morning about on the drive over just this very subtle like I just need to trust God like and I'm, I'm just gonna trust Him and yeah like there's some underlying like you know self talk or you know voices going on like thinking about finances and and, and health and all these other different things it's like no I'm just gonna trust Him I'm just going to trust Him. And I think that we can test him in this, that he's going to take care of us. And, um, and that, that, that ultimately the prize is him. And uh, that's why like, we can go through suffering. That's why, like, it might, it, it, that's why Christians and followers of Jesus, I believe, can be in some of the hardest scenarios and can have joy because he is the ultimate blessing, that he is the greatest thing. Um, and he's not going to change. And so I want to invite you to return to him. I don't know in, in your own space. And again, maybe you're just like, I'm cruising. We're good. It's good. That's great. Keep going. Uh, I'm going to invite you to return to him. I'm going to invite the band to come back up to right now. But and um, and maybe you're afraid to return to him. Maybe you you're, you wonder like this is not for you. Uh, this is for someone else. Um, and or maybe like you've gone too far. I think sometimes that happens to us. Like. Everyone else in the room, God can I can return to uh, can return to God, but not me. And uh, I just think about this this one passage in Lamentations that I love. And if you if you memorize passage of scripture, you should write this one down to, to, to memorize this. Um, so you put this passage up, Lamentations three twenty two and three twenty four. It's a it's one of the it's a coffee mug passage. So uh, thank you. So it says the steadfast love, or other translations, the loyal love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And so this is, this is the, the unchanging God. God says, hey, I am the unchanging one. I never change. And his invitation to you and to us, and you know, maybe there's another time in your life that you're really running from him, but his invitation to us today is come back to me and... And because I'm the unchanging one, that my loyal love to you, my people, which if you're a follower of Jesus, you're, you're one of his people, it never ceases. 
His mercies are new every single day. That means you mess up today, guess what? His mercies are new today. You mess up tomorrow, His mercies are new tomorrow. And not to go on to sin, that's not what we're saying, but we're saying that, that the, the mercy of God is, 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 is available and accessible to you today. And the greatest is faithfulness. That He's not going to let you down. He's faithful. He's faithful and He's unchanging. And so return to Him. Return to the unchanging love. His loyal love never ceases. His mercies never end. New today, great is His faithfulness. Lord Jesus, would you would you be with us today, God? Right now, just ask the Holy Spirit, right now, just to convict us right now of spaces in our lives and our minds that we need to return to you. What an amazing God you are. God, that your steadfast love never ends. What, a, what an amazing God that we can serve, that your love never ends, that your mercies are new every single day, that you're loyal to us, God. And maybe today uh, you never followed Jesus before, and uh, this is the invitation. This is his, he's saying, hey, return to me right now. Maybe if in your mind that you just sense that, that there is this call in your heart right now just to, to come back to him or to come to him for the first time. And you can just say, Jesus, I'm here. I want to follow you. I want to follow your way because I, I believe that it's incredible that God loves me this much. That you forgive the things that I mess up, my imperfections and the times that go away from you. God, I pray right now that we would just return to you, God, if we're running away from you. And God, if we're running hard alongside of you, God, I pray that we would keep going, you would hold us, that you would keep us next to your side, that your face would shine upon us. We love you so much, friends, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.